0141-951-1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard Celtic announced plans to honour Billy McNeil on Saturday As Rangers legend John Gregg lays a wreath in memory of his friend and rival Paul Murray says a bit more consistency Is all the Ibrox side need to start winning things in Scotland And Derek McInnes does want to manage Scotland at some point But is happy at Aberdeen at the moment I'm Gordon Duncan Joining me tonight, Jim Duffy and Mark Guidi yeah, as the football world still mourns the, the sad passing of, of Billy McNeil and the tributes are just absolutely wonderful. Uh, Gordon and sitting alongside me tonight in the studio is a man who knows, uh, who knew Billy McNeil well uh, and played for him um, at Celtic. But the tributes have been great, very fitting. I'm sure his, his family will be very, very proud. And in football matters, as we hear today, the uh, the Scotland job, the race to become the manager is hotting up. But the big decision is for Ian Maxwell and SFA board do they go into them and, and make a, an in-house an appointment or do they spread their sets wider and put somebody in on a permanent basis? Yeah, I mean, um, obviously, um, even from a personal point of view, like everyone else, uh, over the, the last couple of days or so, absolutely devastated to hear the news that uh, Billy's passing and just say, I owe him everything. It's as simple as that, you know. I mean, without uh, you know him giving me that start in my football career, um, you know, uh, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have uh, it lasted as long. So, as I said, I thank him for everything, and um, said he just, just so sad. But uh, listen, the, you know, the, as I said, the tributes have uh, been overwhelming, and uh, and and it's one of those. Very rare occasions, uh, as we've said before, where the word legend is fully justified. Um, but as far as um, you know, the football is concerned, there are an awful lot of important mm. matches this weekend ahead, both at the top of the Premiership and at the bottom, and in the Championship, with still a lot of um, you know decisions to be decided, particularly that. Relegation battle Yeah huge result For Partick Thistle Last night Any Jags fans out there Please do get in touch With us It's 0141 951 1025 As Mark says The race is on It seems to become The next Scotland manager We're going to hear From Paul Murray Regarding Rangers But let's kick off Just one last chance uh, If you couldn't get through To pay tribute last night I know it's been Very busy uh, So let's hear from you Because there's breaking news This evening And that's that Celtic Have announced How they plan to honour Billy McNeil on Saturday. Now, prior to kick off, the Celtic first team will all head out of Celtic Park, down onto the Celtic Way and lay a wreath in honour of the former captain and manager. Members of the family will be there. The players will also wear a black armband bearing the number five to recognise, of course, his iconic number. And then finally, still to come in the coming weeks, the Scottish Cup final against Hearts at Hamden. The Celtic team will wear the famous number five on the shorts um, as a tribute as well. So... A fitting, fitting. Yeah, I symbolism. mean, to, to be honest with you, you know, there's, there's there's nothing anyone can do that's going to erase the pain um, that is is out there for a lot of Celtic fans. But I think particularly those of a certain age that that grew up either watching Billy or or you know from his management and and a lot of the players that played under him as well, of course. And more importantly, his family. And it's very difficult this time because it's such a public event yeah. when it means yeah. everything personal to the family. So it's very, very difficult. Um, they, they, you know, from, from their point of view, you know, they, they, they'll 
come out and, and expressed their wishes for people to celebrate Billy's life, and I think that's fantastic. Mm. But Celtic will pay, uh, you know, uh, due tribute to them this weekend, as you mentioned, in the cup final. Uh, and the best, um, you know, uh, aspect of that is, as I said to you, that just that warmth of feeling, uh, which is all around the country from every group of supporters, from supporters from from every team. And as I said, and uh, that's just again a tribute to the type of person he was. Yeah, it's a minute's applause on Saturday as well. I missed that one off the list. And Mark Greedy, like you said, that so many tributes pouring in. Have you got yeah. any any of your own, any particular memory or, or any feelings? Yeah, I mean, I just you know, first of all, I, I think that the the McNeil family statement yesterday was the kind of first one to come out, and I thought it really set the tone. I thought it was a lovely statement. It just hit the nail on the head um, about getting the mix of of, of their own. Personal family grief and, and uh, for the passing, but also for for acknowledging his role in the wider football uh, society. And, and I thought it was a lovely tone. I know Billy's son Martin, a lovely guy. Um, I've worked with him behind the scenes at, at BT and different things. He's, he's involved at Sky TV. He's a fantastic um, fella and very proud of his dad. And Billy was very proud um, of him too. So um, just nice people. I, I first met Billy, I think. Um, uh, I think I get my photo with him um, as a Celtic Boys Club player many many years ago um, at one of the do's and uh, then obviously getting into journalism um, got to know him um, then maybe on the road with him and, and some trips and one thing I always say about people from Billy's generation whether it's Billy McNeil John Clark Bertie Old Willie Henderson John Gregg however it may be as soon as you you were introduced to them and they always remembered your name they were just a lovely human touch mm. About them, which, that you, as we all know, you don't get from footballers mm-hmm. nowadays. I mean, they, they, they walk past you in the street. That's just mm-hmm. probably a sign of society more than just football. But for those guys, I think that's what a lot of the tributes have said. They just set a standard, not only as footballers, but as human beings. And that was so important, the, the way they lived their lives. Great. Jim Duffy, you kicked yeah. off by saying you owed them everything. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know if you can pick, you know, mm-hmm. one memory or, or one train of thought that, that sums it all up. There's, there's so much to take in, but. I'll let you give no, it a go I mean to be honest with you The biggest memory is um, Asking me to sign for Celtic I mean I was 19, 19 years of age Playing junior football For Maryhill Juniors Never thought I was good enough To go and play for Celtic uh, You know And You know Played a game um, Against St Mern, um In a, a reserve match As a trialist And then After the game You go into Billy's office and they said, right, I want to... My, my dad couldn't be at the game that night, and they said, I want to meet you and your dad. And then we met in a, a, a restaurant, for want of a better phrase, over in Villagun. And uh, my dad had grew up, you know, supporting all those days, you know. And um, we went, sat down, and he said, hey, you know, I want you to sign. And that is the biggest thing, because it was like a, a dream. It's almost surreal. Um, I think if you're super talented and you think you're, you've got a great chance, maybe it's not as much surprise. But I wasn't super talented in it, so it was, it was surreal. And as I said, at 19 years of age, that's you know relatively old to go and sign professional football, and um, coming from junior, you know, as, as I said, it was it was kind of just getting to that stage where the, it didn't happen as often as it used to do. I mean, Billy himself and, mm-hmm. and a lot of the guys all played played junior, so it was one of those situations where that that to me, and then. Once you walk in uh, to the front door, well, once you get back, I think it was Bill Peacock. I think his name was used to be at the door for years, and he, he would never let you in. You know, so it was one of those you have to go and try and get someone to get you in. But then once you do that, and then you're in there, and then you're in amongst all the, the other players, and on occasion, uh, he would he would obviously try to um, when he came into his office, and as I said, they just had everybody said it. He had an aura about him, and th- there's no doubt about that. So. 
you know, you just uh, listened and, you know, uh, if, if you weren't in the team and I wasn't in the first team and I was desperate to get into the first team and sometimes I was a bit opinionated at that age and thinking I should have been getting the chance and then he'd just call you in and then he'd explain to you and talk to you but he just had that authority about him and that manner but not arrogant and not putting you down. Just, it was Billy McNeil speaking to you. Mm. So you listened and you understood it and whether you agreed or not, you went out you know, with the kind of chest out again and saying, right, okay, I'm going to do what he's asked me to do. I'm going to make sure I'm better. I'm going to give it everything. So, you know, there were so many things for me, as I said to you, but as I said, Gordon, you know, I'm still involved in football now, um, you know, and I, I would never have had that opportunity if it wasn't for Billy. Stevens in Coatbridge. Hi, Stephen. Uh, evening, guys. How are we doing? Hi, Stephen. Uh, I tried to go on last night. Obviously, it was really, really busy last night there. Uh, Obviously, uh, my condolences to uh, Billy's family and friends. Uh, it's a sad day yesterday for the for all of the Celtic family, you know. And uh, 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 we all knew that Billy was really unwell for a spell, and the family kept it private. But it's just a really sad day for uh, everybody concerned with Celtic and Scottish football because Billy was loved by not just the Celtic fans, uh, but by, I think every player that played against Billy had the utmost respect for him as we've seen with John Gregg today turning up at Celtic Park with some other uh, Rangers uh, uh, staff uh, it just showed you the calibre of Billy uh, that he was respected um, I've I worked for Celtic for over 20 years in different capacities uh, and I had the, the honour of uh, being in the company of the Lisbon Lions you know and you very rarely, in fact, you never got a Lisbon line on his own. He was always surrounded by other Lisbon lines, you know. They were closer and uh, they, were, they weren't just football players that played in the same team. They were they were really close. They were like brothers, really, you know. Uh, they were there for any time that any of them needed each other. They were always there. And on one occasion, we were doing a... It was one of the centenary years of Lisbon. I think it was uh, maybe the 30th anniversary and uh, we had them over at the superstore down in the old mail order department. We had Tommy Gemmel, Big Billy, Bobby Lennox, Bertie Old, Jim Craig, and I think I mentioned Tommy Gemmel and Stevie Chalmers. Uh, and they were there for about three or four hours. And my job that day was, to, in case they needed anything, uh, I was downstairs with them. Uh, if they needed anything, we had sandwiches, juice, water and everything. But if they wanted anything else, it was my job to get them it. But just being in their company for that amount of hours that day and listening to the stories that they were telling and joking about with each other. And I actually said to them, I said, listen, you never get fed up talking about Lisbon. And they were like, no. He said to me, Big Billy said, do you ever get fed up talking about Lisbon? I says, no. He says, well, he says, we're the same. He says, uh, he said, we're Celtic, but you're Celtic. And says, and we'll never be get sick and tired of talking about Lisbon. He says, we made history uh, and we'll be down as, as being the first British team to lift the European Cup. And, uh, and Big Billy was, as, as I keep saying, he was lovely with all the fans, you know, and it's just just a really sad time just now. And I just hope they've been going down and, and winning the treble treble for Billy. It'll be Billy's final, it'll be Neil final. And I just hope we can go on and do him justice, you know, and win that cup. Yeah, I mean, that's Hugh made the point last night, Mark, that yeah. it's unavoidable, the, the date of the final, Celtic involved in it as well. So, um, 
I'm sure the players can can handle the pressure, can handle that added incentive if there is such a thing. Yeah, yeah, and, and it probably does. You know, first of all, they've got to get the league title um, over the line first of all before the the the, the, the treble becomes properly uh, in their sight. So there's one job to to be done. Um, and they've, they've got four game, games to get that over the line and, and then you look at the Scottish Cup final and, and the, all the things that might come with that but certainly yes uh, at, at Hamden on May 25th there'll be a celebration of of Billy McNeil as I think there will be in just about every game um, I think what Celtic have got two home games left Commander this weekend in Hearts in the final day of the season when they expect to be presented with their, their eighth championship um, in a row but listen just a great man and you know when you hear Something like Jim Duffy there saying who actually worked with Billy on a daily basis and they signed him mm-hmm. and you sum it up in that one sentence as I'm sure there'll be a lot of footballers around Scotland, around Britain just now saying exactly what Jim just said. They said, I owe my career to Billy mm-hmm. McNeil and pff, how good is that for, yeah. for someone to say that? Yeah, but there's a, I mean, there's other side of it as well, you know, later on, uh, you know, obviously I, I did, um, you know, obviously worked with him in, in a short period of time, come to Hibs later on when I was a manager at Hibs, I, I felt it. You know, it was a massive job for me, and at that time, I wasn't. I was young, I was thirty six as a manager at Hibs, and I'm thinking to myself, I need a little bit of help here. And I went and I got Billy, and Billy came in, probably one of the first directors of football at that time. Um, obviously, I wasn't there long enough to to really build up a real working relationship with him. But he, I mean, I spoke to him, and he was happy to come in. And part of that again was because, you know, of his standing in the game. I knew that all the background stuff. If he picked up the phone. So it's Billy yeah, McNeil. Yeah. People are taking the call. Yeah. You know, if somebody phones me and they say, "Well, the manager, the Billy's there," they'll, they'll speak uh, to Billy McNeil. Uh, so he had that. But then, you know, years later, when I went, when I, you know, not that long ago, about three years ago, maybe now, uh, I met Morton and his great pal Mick Jackson, who was obviously assistant manager and who they eventually sold me with Benny and Mick, who were they were great pals. Uh, Mick would bring him down to Capelo a couple of times and uh, you know and he would come to the game and sit up in, in director's box and then always, always come downstairs call your son <laughs> you know uh, alright son what's in good well done today and he was always you know it was really chuffed for you and again even 30 odd years later you know you still I was still talking to Billy McNeil and, and yeah. I still I was still a wee schoolboy you know so that just never goes I mean I've seen um, obviously well everybody knows I call him Charles but I've seen Charlie Nicholas yesterday on the TV breaking his heart brilliant. I, I, and, it was brilliant in a lovely way though wasn't it just how fond he and, was and of I think yeah, as I said really knowing him and knowing he's had to speak at his, his dad's funeral and his sister's funeral and his, things like that and yet you could just see what it meant to him um, mm. just that kind of I don't know, just kind of overwhelmed with the whole situation, mm-hmm. and I think you can hear it in like Sir Stephen's voice and so many people. And but I do, I do believe that uh, you know, f- you know, obviously the next few days will still be very, very raw. But ultimately, you know, Celtic as a football club will have mm-hmm. to then move on, the same as they've lost all their greats, you know, Jimmy Johnson and so forth, you know, the, the Tommy Burns and that. They have to move on and move on as a football club, and and the best way to do that now. Is obviously as as um, Mark has said is to get the title wrapped up and then see if they can put a performance on the cup for him against Hearts. Let's hear from another former player of Billy McNeil's, Frank McGarvey. I kept in touch with Billy up to the end and his wife. I hadn't been up to see them for the last few months because you know I knew he was really you know struggling and uh, I'm, I'm nearly in tears here. I'm sorry. Um, a brilliant man and. Um, he was that strong, he, even at the end, he was still, you know, he was really struggling, but he was still keep going and, you know, he never gave up and um, that epitomises what he was all about. He never gave up, um, he 
and any of the games he was in, and they always thought that we could win. And what are some of your your memories of that time playing under Billy? We had f- so funny stories. It was unbelievable. The stories, um, just it was great. And you know, I think about him, and I think about the, the things that happened, and I have a great laugh about everything. And um, he's he was such a good man to have about, and to, for him to be the manager. John Clark um, was great as well, and the two of them were brilliant together. And uh, we won leagues and we won cups, and we we played we played the proper way you should play football, um, attack, because uh, that's what the fans want to see. And and Big Billy brought that to the supporters. Do you think Celtic will ever see a man like Billy McNeil again? Well, I hope so. Um, you can never say never, but. Um, Celtic are struggling to get into the later stages in Europe just now and then we're going into European Cup finals. Scottish football was a very high quality then. It wasn't as if it was a poor quality. So they, they were the best, not not just in Scotland, uh, but in Europe. For a, a nation of five million is uh, quite extraordinary. And for Celtic to do the treble treble this season and win the Scottish Cup on the 25th of May, how fitting would that be? For Billy McNeil, I, I, I think he, I think he's got to say all these things, and uh, he makes these things happen. Um, and uh, I, I think that's a, per, a perfect uh, send-off for them would be for Celtic to to get a treble, treble. That would be fantastic. Mark, it's something that's been said in the last 24 hours or so. It was underlined by John Gregg appearing at Celtic Park today and laying the wreath. Yeah. But but truly, you can tell by the reaction. A man who did transcend the rivalry, you know. The Aye, it's great. You know, I can recall, you know, Jim rang off a few of the sort of big name old firm players you like that, that have passed away. You know, the past twenty, thirty years. You think of how the nation came together, like, like with Davy Cooper and the sad circumstances which he passed away. What just stayed at thirty nine. Mm-hmm. You look at Tommy Burns at, at fifty one, and you've seen Walter Smith and and uh, Ali McCoy's helping carry his coffin. Um, Sandy Jardin a few years ago as well and you think and it's the anniversary it, today actually of Sandy Jardin yeah. yeah so you look at that and, and others you see John Gregg today what a wonderful tribute from, from John I wish the fans would remember that Jim that's exactly what I'm going to really say do. it doesn't last long enough because I think I remember being on this show you can be right how long, how long you can, you Tommy can been dead more than 10 years now and people saying this could be a turning point for the city mm. Seeing what Walter and Ali were, were doing, this could be a turning point for the city. And, and in the usual, mm-hmm. it lasted two or three days or two or three weeks. It's a shame, but while, while everybody's united together, then let's make the most of it. Okay, I think we'll park the tributes for the moment. Still plenty of time to come over the coming days. We're going to hear from former Rangers director Paul Murray. He's got his ideas as to what Rangers need to get back to winning things in Scottish football. So get your calls in and we'll hear from him after the travel. Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors. Get the result you deserve. Talk to Thompson's.com. Mark Guidi and Jim Duffy are here continuing the long list of well-deserved tributes for Billy McNeil. If you want to keep them coming in, then please do so on the phones and on Twitter. Uh, But let's move on slightly and hear from former Rangers director Paul Murray. He believes the club will begin to dominate again if they can cut out the inconsistency. It's a year since he stepped down from the board and he says he's now watching on as a fan. I think people forget the damage that was done to the club and uh, you're trying to repair that damage at the same time. Obviously, the expectation levels are very high. But I think overall, as a fan, you know, I think the club has definitely progressed from where we were this time last season. 
I think if you if you look at it, the the sort of comparison with Celtic, you know, and and, and if you really look at the key games this year, it's come down to a lack of consistency. You know, Rangers have actually been you know, competitive. I think it's been a far more competitive league uh, as a general thing, but Rangers have certainly been more competitive. You know, I actually think it's come down to a lack of consistency, and I think if we can. If we can, you know, and if, I think I'm right in saying that we've only lost, I think, one more game than, than, than Celtic. But obviously, drawing matches when you um, when you might win, Celtic obviously have a, a winning mentality, have been able to grind out results in the last minute and win games that turn, you know, one point to three points. Now, Paul Murray, obviously part of the move which brought Dave King back to the club, and with Celtic aiming ultimately for that ten in a row, Murray's convinced that the chairman is there for the long haul. Everyone's a genius with hindsight. You can look back at decisions here and there and, and question the decisions. I think all the decisions we made uh, were made for the, you know for good reasons at the time. And um, okay, not every, every, every decision you make in football turns out to be um, you know 100% right, and that, that applies to recruitment of players as well. But but I think overall, you know, I think the, the, there's been steady progress. I think there's been a lot of progress in the last 12 months. Maybe not as much as people would ultimately want, but. I think any fair-minded person would say that Rangers have progressed from last season. So I think Dave, from what I can see, is still you know, very committed to seeing the thing through. Reacting to those comments probably depends, as always, on what team you support. Because if you're a Rangers mm-hmm. fan, you say, absolutely, he, he's right, with a little bit of consistency, mm-hmm. we could have won something this year. And then fans of every other team go, yeah, us as well. Because that, that's <laughs> the whole point, isn't it? That, that's, yeah. that's, that's what defines a, a good season mm-hmm. and a not-so-good season, is whether you can have consistency. Yeah, but but... You know, possibles and buts and a wee bit of bad luck. Well, it doesn't get you silverware. So you are judged on, on what and what you win and and how well you do. And at the moment, you know, I think I genuinely believe Rangers have improved. I don't think there's any doubt about that. They are much better from what they were twelve months ago, twenty four months ago. But I don't think their season's been good enough because I think at the very least, with the budget given, not only this summer but last summer, they should be reaching a cup final. They, they, they should at some stage have been taking care of Aberdeen in one of those competitions. But you, you look at it now and. It's getting towards fever pitch, Gordon, and, and you hear Paul Murray there in, in terms of how the club it can go forward. And in one respect, you're thinking, right, there's a need for urgency to stop nine in a row, to potentially stop ten in a row. Um, but they can't jeopardise themselves financially. They have to be careful. And where the pressure's going to come is because it's such a critical year or possibly two years um, ahead that if it was only two or three in a row that Celtic were going, there wouldn't be as much pressure on them. But they need to act as quick as they can. That said, that's us taking it for granted that the board have the same wishes as the fans and that is, you must stop 10 in a row at all costs. Mm. We can't have it. Whether that's been short-sighted or not, I don't know, but it'll certainly be on the agenda. But Rangers have to tackle that carefully. They can't repeat the, the mistakes of, of 7, 8, 9, 10 years ago. Yeah, I mean, you know, Paul Murray uh, is the same matter. Every fan, as you say, Gordon, with you know, consistency is what makes a good team. <laughs> you know, it's not the... You know, one or two games or half a dozen games. You know, it's it's, it's a forty game season or whatever it is in your whatever league you're in. You know, and it's that's the team. The teams that won those games one nil when you're not playing well or nick a result late in the match. The Celtic do so often. But the one thing that I think um, he will know, and a lot of Rangers fans maybe not maybe as much aware of, is the changes in the infrastructure at Rangers, and I think that's improved. You know, and that that takes a bit of time to 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 you know you maybe see the, the you know that that side of it and the the development and the benefits of that. But I think there's been a lot of stuff done at Rangers that perhaps is not just in the first team, just not at you know where everybody can see. 
Um, there's been a lot of changes, as he said. They were, you know, Rangers were down their knees, you know, four or five years ago. So therefore, you know, they've came enough a long way in a relatively mm-hmm. short period of time. But there's obviously the other side of it that Celtic could throw and can afford to throw a ton of money at it if they want to make sure. And they can say to Rangers, well, go and then see if you can see if you can match that. And if Rangers do risk that, that is really high risk. But I think that they've made steady improvement. And I think that's the way they've got to keep doing it. I think if they try and chase Celtic by by throwing money that they don't really have, then I think that's a, that. I think you know you, you're really putting the club at risk. Then Tom is a Rangers fan in Falkirk. Hi, Tom. Hi, guys. Hi, Tom. Uh, hi, Jim, Mark, and Gordon, hi, and a uh, happy belated Easter day to the three years. Cheers, Tom. Cheers, Tom. Uh, my point. Uh, my first point is uh, I'd like to say I was a uh, sad day hear about the death of Billy McNeil yesterday uh, and I just my thoughts are with the, his wife and all our all our family well said Tom just, uh, the guy was a obviously I don't know, I've seen him I've seen him well I've seen videos etc because I'm quite still relatively young so he was a a, a legend the same as John Gregg so he was a I just wanted to say that absolutely and thanks for that Tom to, my next point to the three of you is uh, well, German. Obviously, three of you as a Marine just fan, as you know, as you know, Mark, I've been on a few times, and they just they find out at the after hearing Jarrah's comments the other day about the reserve performance. They who would who do you think he'll keep at the end of the season, and who do you think he should mm-hmm. be going for? I know according to papers, I've got Jake Casey in for next season, but I think obviously you talked about consistency. They've got to be more consistent next season because it would be a lot closer if they hadn't dropped the stupid points against the likes of Dundee, getting beat by Kilmarnock after the winter break. Yeah. It's a, the results like that, that Celtic grind out. If they're not playing well, they grind out results and they get over the... They get, they get yeah. that one in... Yeah. They, they, they need, Tom, they, they quite simply need a better quality of player. They need to improve the quality of the squad because... As much as there is, I believe there's, there's been a real improvement. They're still no good enough. That's the bottom line. Now, if you're if you're quite happy being being second next year and maybe getting a cup final, nicking a cup, if that's your aim, then fine. Rangers can probably go with adding one or two. Um, but if you genuinely want to stop Celtic and you want to go and win the title, there needs to be significant investment. Not. And when I say that I don't mean you know 10 million quid net spend the track. No, it's actually using your contacts that's what Mark Allen and, and his, his staff are there for to get use their contacts try and bring in a couple of Bosmans boys that are just going to cost a wage but they, they need to find better players because the players that they have right now are simply not good enough to win a title I think t- the comments Tom's referring to I don't know if you, if everyone has seen them it's after a Closed doors game Behind closed doors game Against yeah. Liverpool A sort of reserve Development mm-hmm. team They were yeah. 4-0 down At half time mm-hmm. Stephen Gerrard Threw on a number Of, of younger players Hooked mm-hmm. a couple Of the fringe guys mm-hmm. Not entirely sure Of the personnel I must admit And, and ended up Drawing 4 all mm-hmm. He said the first half Was, was embarrassing um, I think that's why Tom's asking about who, You know who who goes, who stays what, what about the sort of fringe element Jim, who's there Who can still play their way back in Who might be looking at a summer exit Well I think that um, You know there's a number of players At Rangers I think they'll have to clear the decks Because they can't be you know, Squad heavy and, and obviously financially um, I think they have to get A consistent back four I don't think they've been If you look at the whole season They've defensively been not bad But he's ch- he chops and changes Every week Every couple of weeks You know I mean Tavernier was a, You know was a, a gimme And almost goal soon But 
you know, you've you know, Macaulay and Katic and uh, you know Flanagan and Boric and uh, Boris, sorry, and uh, Halliday at left back, and just so many changes. It just didn't seem, you know, Warrell. Uh, and I think you've got to get a, a trusted back four with Alan McGregor behind them, and that gives you the platform. So you know, in terms of the squad players, you know, I think that um, they're, they're, they haven't done enough. A lot of them to to say, listen, they are going to improve Rangers or being a, a vital part of Rangers. I think, um, as I said, the, the likes of Flanagan, um, the likes of Halliday even, um, you know, there's a lot of guys out on loan, uh, you know, as well, who are still to come back. Um, will be interesting to see. Even the likes of young Ryan Hardy, who was out at Livingston, does he come back? Is he part of a squad? Is can he can he help? Um, you know, um, so there's one, there's one guy who's yeah. grown on me. And I was never sure about in terms of that talking about helping Rangers win a title, which is ultimately the goal for everybody at the club and the Rangers supporters. And that's Ryan Jack. I've really, really come. I mean, I looked at his goal on Saturday at Tynecastle the way he's robbed Tarts of possession, then a lovely, cool finish inside the box. I think he's really added that to his game, a bit of composure. He's always known as a guy who would break up play and bump, bump, bump. But I think now he's looking a lot more. Uh, composed, uh, and I think now that I, I would say Ryan Jack can be the type of player. That can help Rangers I think win there's a, a couple of, Like Gresda Is another yeah. one it's, it's real, I know I know. you always try and give Players who come from A different country And injuries and so on yeah. And injuries to settle in And understand that Culturally it's different But these guys came for A decent sum of money For Scottish football And yeah. you know You only get so long Before you've got to say Right I've got to make my mark And if, if Rangers are looking to sign The likes of Jake Casty They've already signed Obviously Jordan Jones Two wingers They've got a winger there mm. They would love to have Ryan Kent Who doesn't look like it obviously But I think that, you know, if, you, if you're looking to see right, where we're going to go, obviously, Candia is still there. You think, you say, well, where is he going to play? You know, things like that. Even Barisic always seems to be injured. You know, so these are guys who have been a, a fair bit of investment. So I think there's going to be a real mm. kind of... Uh, he's got to look at him and say, right, who's consistent? We're talking to Tom saying about consistency. How many of these guys have been consistent over the course of the season? I think there's half a dozen Rangers players who have been consistent. I think the rest of them have been inconsistent so therefore you keep that half a dozen and then and then you've got to find better uh, Craig Logan is on Twitter there is no doubt Rangers have improved it was never a short term mm. fix we needed a settled management team but two windows would never cure the issues inherited bring on next season this one seems right up your street uh, Mark Quiddy Agent Orange says has any of the panel heard of Danny Welbeck to Rangers rumours? Danny, I've, I've, that's a new one um, there we go. on me from I think he's out of contract at the end of the season at Arsenal is that right? Um I think he is um, Another one has so many injuries Over the yeah, years That's, that's the thing You need, you need players injured. Gordon You need players Even at such a critical 12 months ahead Now I know you could You could walk out the door And trip and break your leg It can happen to you But You need to be signing players That have got good attendance records You can't be signing players That are in for 2 And out for 6 In for 3 Out for 7 And that's maybe unfair On some players But Danny Welbeck Look What a what, wage what, he would well, be on At the moment what, what would make me say I wouldn't rule it out as in fact he'll have a relationship with Stephen Gerrard So right away that's a box tick What's made me believe that it's unlikely Is that I would imagine The maximum, okay he's a free transfer I would say the maximum Rangers would pay anybody Would be 40 grand a week Really absolutely pushing the boat out um, Would Danny Welbeck come and play for Rangers For 40 grand a week When he might be able to get even 60 in English Championship Or 80 another Premier League Because he's an England international So listen, I wouldn't rule it out But I'd be surprised Willie's in Pollock, hi Willie Hi I, I, I was just to listen to Mark there and he went through a few names. It's uh, Sandy Garden's five year dead today. 
yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's right. right. Yeah, really, yeah, yeah, yeah. anniversary, yeah. I mean, these guys, Billy McNeil, you know, Tommy Burns, all these fellas, they were all class acts. And you see the, you see the players today and the, and the antics of some of them, but these guys had respect and and good football, good footballers and class acts. It's sad. It's very sad. Yeah, Willie makes a good point because you're talking about absolute. Elite footballers as well, you know. Yeah, yeah. We, we love the stories. They were mm-hmm. they, you know, from a, a gentlemanly era, and um, yeah. absolute elite footballers as well. Yeah, I mean, we mentioned, I mean, obviously, like great David Cooper, and, and you know, so many, you know, these guys. But I think there was a certain era where a lot of these guys call it, you know, old school working class values. You know, they were brought up a certain way, certain standards. And, um, you know, they lived by those standards. Uh, and, you know, yeah, great rivalry between the teams. <laughs> you know, everybody wanted to win. You know, the, the, you know, when they faced each other, it was fierce. But, you know, when they finished, a lot of them went for a couple of pints. But you could do that in those days. Because now if, if, if two of the players from the opposite side uh, of the city went for a pint, it'd be on, it'd be on social media yeah. within a millisecond. So these are the things that's more difficult now. But in those days, yeah, they had real respect for each other. And a lot of them, you know, when they went up in Scotland camps and various things like that, you know, they're the real camaraderie and, and the, the bit of banter about them. But as I said, that was maybe allowed then. It's maybe just it's just a different mm-hmm. era we live in, Gordon, so it's maybe just not possible now. I'm obviously too young to have any real stories mm-hmm. about these guys, but Sandy Jarden, uh, a couple of times out on, on interviews for, for Radio Clyde, and the thing that always sticks with me he would see the slightly below average height. Will we say that? That's safe. Mm-hmm. Of the, you, the dark hair, <laughs> sallow skin, vertically challenged, dark eyes, and he'd say, "We natural." He would always say, "I look like natural." No. <laughs> so there we go. That's just one memory on that one. Oh one four one nine five one one zero two five. Let's get the football calls coming in. Partick Thistle fans, I'm surprised you're being so quiet. Maybe that was the result which keeps you in the championship last night. I don't know. You tell me. Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors. Compensation. They know the score. Talk to Thompson's.com. It is Mark Greedy and Jim Duffy here with me, Gordon Duncan, on tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Middle of the week, so I think we can certainly start looking ahead to some big fixtures in the Premiership at the weekend. Now, in the second hour of tonight's show, we're going to hear from Derek McInnes. He's been asked straight up, do you fancy the Scotland job? We'll bring you his answer. After 7 o'clock And come on you Partick Thistle fans Massive win In the championship last night Is it enough to keep you up Or are you still nervous So 01419511025 Before we do that We've got Chris on the line Must be our youngest caller Of the Certainly of the week Maybe the month Maybe even the year Chris is 10 years old From Uddingston What's on your mind tonight Chris? Hi um, I was just um, Wanting to talk about The home advantage In the old firm Recently Okay um, so it's just um, so there's been obviously Celtic have won twice that they've been home and Rangers have won when they were home and I just wanted to think what the panel thought about that to see if it was that or is it just the lack of team or if it's, is it both Alright fair question what, so we've got, we've got one upcoming at Ibrooks. Is, is how much is home advantage going to count in that one? Yeah, I mean, are you alluding as well, Chris, to the fact that the the, the significant percentage now for the home fans in terms of uh-huh. uh, of of numbers. So you're going to have the guts of forty eight thousand Rangers fans on on May the twelfth and seven or eight hundred Celtic fans. So uh, yeah, does that make a difference? I think it does, but it's also about, as you know, Chris, ability, mentality. But I think for a, for a for a marker, 
Um, I think it's a, it's an important game for Rangers um, to win. And depending on how results go over the next couple of weeks, two games before it, it might actually be a significant game. Yeah, I don't think you could take it in for granted. As much as Celtic are 99% over the line... Well, it could, the, the it could the, be the game they clinch yeah, it as well. The or... game might actually mean something, but regardless of that, I think for Rangers, for their mentality and for their belief... Um, I think it's important they win but equally for Neil Lennon in terms of once again while it's still kind of hanging there will he won't he be the permanent manager next season I think it's important for him certainly not to, to lose a game like that Yeah I mean there's a good point Chris you make in terms of you know obviously Celtic winning both games at uh, Celtic Park and Rangers winning the game at Ibrox so obviously it looks as if the, the home advantage is very strong and, and, and I do think that makes a difference because I think sometimes teams just feel more comfortable in that environment in recent years obviously Celtic have been very strong but this year there's not been too much between the teams when they've played mm-hmm. each other so I think that um, you know it's going to be a, a massive game obviously you know they have to make sure they behave themselves <laughs> you know this time around uh, both teams want to finish with 11 men on the pitch for a start and uh, you know and, and, and make sure it's a competitive football match but yeah I agree I think I think um, Rangers will probably feel much mm. more confident at Ibrox um, certainly, they the, the would do at Celtic Park because their record, that, you know, at Celtic Park has, has been has been pretty poor. And what we've not seen yet, Mark Weedy, because this is the first season with the reduced allocation yeah. in in the three games, we've not seen the away team silence the the, the home support. If that makes sense, you know, Celtic won the first one one nil. Yeah, uh, you know, Rangers doing the same at Ibrox. Celtic opening the scoring in the last That's one. Think Rangers. Equaliser, didn't it? Rangers yeah. made it one each and Celtic yeah. So you're, you're, you've kind of silenced them getting that um, equal But you're right in terms of so it, it, you know, the, the final if, whistle if five minutes on the clock the away team goes in front What, yeah. what does that mean for the dynamic now with the, the, the change in the allocation? Well, it, you know, it, it means that the, the, the home crowd need to get, get louder And try and spur the team on But it'll be a, a sweet moment for, for, you know, as you say 800 fans in a stadium with, with there's the guts of 50,000 um, supporters from from the other team, so aye, it would be an interesting moment. But I think when you're a player and you're running out the tunnel at Ibrox, it, it certainly shouldn't do you any harm having forty eight thousand uh, fans behind you. It should act as a as a spot to go and do well. Chris, do you want to come back in? Uh, yeah, um, I agree on both of the points said by the panel. Um, I was also they said about centering Neil Lennon's chances of getting the manager. Personally, I love Neil Lennon so much, but he done brilliant last time when he was at Celtic. But this time, I really don't think that he should um, be the manager. Not because I don't like him, typically just because the players that Brendan Rodgers brought in have adapted to, you know, the play style that Brendan Rodgers likes to play. Whereas Neil Lennon likes thunder, and he's brought players that like that play style too. So I think that it will be a very hard job for him to um, change that. If he does, then fair play. But I'm not sure if he will or not. Very articulate, Chris. There and spoke really, really well, and uh, put a really good point across. Chris, you can come back on any yeah, time. You know, I'm, I'm smiling. I'm getting close on speed dial. I used, Chris, I used to phone in. The phone in when it was Jimmy Sanderson uh, as a punter. I was really? and I was still at school, so you get back more than thirty-five years. And I tell you, Jimmy Sanderson wasn't as kind to me mm. as me. But <laughs> <laughs> he lambasted me for one of my points. Remember, and I used to phone in uh, often as a uh, school to make uh, points. So good on you, stick in. You never know, you might end up being on super scoreboard. No, I mean, but the point he makes is, is a good point because he feels it's styles as a contrast in styles. I don't know if there's that much in contrast, but yeah, some players do what better under a certain manager. You know they, they react to them, 
But I have to say that uh, you know the the Hibs team that uh, Neil Lennon was in charge of was a very entertaining mm-hmm. side. You know, played really good football, really good tempo. Um, you know, some of the players they signed, you know, were, were good players. And I think it's like everyone else. I think he's, it's a difficult one for Neil Lennon now because he is the interim. He's not in charge. I think as soon as if someone says to you, "You're hundred percent in charge," you're the man. You're the guy going to take us forward. I think that gives you confidence, as a manager, because the board have given you that belief. The fans then get behind you, and you can then look to put plans in place. But how do you do that when you've not had that? Mm. Rubber stamped so And I, especially when you've yeah. not Wrapped the league up yet yeah. Because every week That goes by yeah. Rightly or wrongly yeah. I'm not saying it's right But yeah. every week that goes by It just casts a further doubt In some yeah. people's minds Yeah and any little If you drop a point If you don't score a goal You know everything ah, it's, not, it's not as good as, uh, as As the previous manager It's not as good as Brendan Rodgers The style's not the same And so many So I mean that, that These are the things That when you're a manager Of Celtic or you're, you're in charge Then you, ha- you have to deal with it. And, and he knows that But I do think that um, you know that indecision, if you want to call it that, that you know the, the fact that they haven't uh, rubber stamped it yet mm. is a difficult one for Neil Lennon at this moment in time, and he just really wants to. As he's mentioned himself, he said himself in recent interviews that uh, you know he felt the pressure, mm. you know, mm. the first few games because people are saying, "Well, is he going to tweak it? Is he going to change? Mm. Is he going to leave it the same? Is he going to adapt a little bit? All these sort of things." So yeah, he's the the board ultimately will make the decision they feel is best for Celtic and Neil Lennon. As I said, we'll understand that if it's not him. Chris, do you promise you'll call back some other time? Hopefully. Good man, we'd love to have you back. That was Chris in Uddingston, 10 years old, making much more sense than any of us. Uh, A huge win for Partick Thistle last night as they fight for their survival in the Championship. A 1-0 win at air. They're now up to sixth. That just shows you (laughs) the the jump in the Championship at the moment. Uh, The table's irrelevant. Well, exactly. (laughs) But with things so tight at the bottom, Gary Caldwell is not getting carried away just yet. It shows a lot of character. To come and do that and, and get the three points, which was, was always going to be huge tonight. Really controlled the game, played it in their half, played with, played with good composure. Second half, we, we lost that composure a little bit in possession, which I suppose is understandable, the position we're in. But in, in terms of the togetherness, the spirit, the character, uh, when you're under pressure to put your body on the line, to head it out your box, to, to press the way we did, the energy levels we showed uh, was incredible. Uh, and, we, and we have to do that again on Saturday I mean in terms of moving, moving from ninth up to 6th at this stage League is... tables are relevant <laughs> At least he's consistent At least he's consistent Is that the win that saves Partick Thistle? Do you think that's enough? I think it's enough Yeah, yeah. I think because you know the way the other games are uh, and, and obviously United and Ian McCall said himself you know the, the, against Ross County uh, last week and then against Partick Thistle his job is to try and make sure his players are ready for the playoffs and they play Thistle again this this weekend. So yeah, they do. Um, you know, so he's going to probably have to rest another three or four players. He's maybe taking it in turn, leave these guys out, leave them, and and that obviously gives an advantage to to whoever he's playing. He still puts out a good side. They'll still be competitive, but his his job, as I say, mm-hmm. is to try and be competitive in the playoffs. He's got a chance mm-hmm. to be in the Premier League. Yeah. So it's not his, it's not his responsibility to, to to concern who's fighting at the bottom of the table. That's over the course of the season. So I think that that result And I think they'll probably Get another point or three At the weekend And that'll definitely mm-hmm. be enough To see them in Championship for next year Here's a tweet which sums up The madness of it all Jim McLaughlin says It's sifts, butts and maybes But if Ross County win on Friday Thistle can be safe By winning on Saturday Don't write off Falkirk though mm-hmm. Because again if County win mm-hmm. Falkirk are playing teams With nothing to play for So not only are you looking at your team And who they're playing You're looking at your rivals And who they're playing And if the rivals have got anything to play for 
you would drive yourself mad if you were down Aye, in it. But it's, it's great for us who can sit back and enjoy it. It's that kind of division at the bottom. It, it's brilliant. Uh, I'm going to Fur Hill on Saturday. Looking forward to it. I do fancy Thistle to get that result. I am pleased for Gary Caldwell because I think a lot of people probably want to see him fail. But I think he will get over the line this weekend. And, and it's great considering they've been bottom of the table for a number of weeks this season on and off without singling out Scott McDonald. I do think he has been... A catalyst, if you like, but I think there's been important roles. Well, he was, not only he was on one the of the four nominees for Player of the Year, Aye, having only you know, played about well, twelve games. Well, I think it? Gary Harkins and, and Joe Cardo coming into the club as uh, as well has been significant in terms of the, the experience. experience. Stephen yeah, Anderson, experience. yeah, Stephen yeah, Anderson, think, brilliant. Stephen Anderson, the bat and the goals Saunders, that, yeah, that, yeah. that he scored too. So he signed well, Gary Caldwell. He, he owes a fantastic amount of self belief, um, and I think now he's going to get it over the line. Pundit. With goals in the Scottish Sun, the SPFL and EPL latest every Monday, Wednesday and Saturday. I think we started to get it back on track last night on Beat the Pundit because we have been giving away signed balls like there's no tomorrow. So let's see how you fare tonight. 0141-951-1025. It could be you up against Mark or Jim for the chance to win a signed ball. Give us a call, but be quick because you only have until the news at 7 o'clock. Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's personal injury solicitors. Win the compensation you deserve. Talk to Thompson's.com. Mark Weary and Jim Duffy are here with me, Gordon Duncan. Get your calls in. Send us a tweet. We have been hearing more tributes after the sad passing of Billy McNeil. And we're going to hear some very interesting comments from Derek McInnes next. It's one of those where you become a amateur psychologist. You listen very carefully. You're not only listening to what he says, but what he doesn't say when he's asked if he wants to become the Scotland manager. So give us your thoughts on that after this. Beat the pundit. With goals in the Scottish Sun, the SPFL and EPL latest every Monday, Wednesday and Saturday. Beat the pundit time. Mark and Jim are both ready. One of them is taking on Charlie from Castle Milk. Hi, Charlie. How you doing mate, alright? Not too bad, how are you? No bad Good stuff, fancy your chances against one of these two? Oh I do, definitely Oh I like that, confident, a fighting talk, I don't mind that at all Hedger up against Mark Guidi and Tails, it will be Jim Duffy And it is, it's Tails, Jim Duffy against Charlie from Castle Milk Castle Milk against Maryhill, is that alright if we bill it, is that? That's yeah, fine, that's fine. Good. No right. good to me. <laughs> <laughs> right. uh, I'll give Jim some clay two in his ear, and that way he won't know what you're saying. Charlie, 30 seconds, head to head, you can pass. Here is your chance to beat the pundit. You ready? Cheers. Zach Rudden is on loan from Rangers to which Scottish club? Oh, what year did St Mirren leave Love Street? 2002. Name any of the players nominated for the Championship Player of the Year. Ah. Uh... Ryan Hardy At which Scottish club did Archie Knox spend most of his playing career? Dundee United After the win last night, what position are Partick Thistle up to in the Championship? Seventh What American team did Chris Boyd play for in 2012? Vancouver And who was the captain of Celtic? I've started uh, Who was the captain of Celtic in the 2003 UEFA Cup Final? Mialbe Okay, let's bring Jim Duffy back Jim, can you hear us? Yep You can, same set of questions to you, you ready? Okay Zach Rudden is on loan from Rangers to which Scottish club? Falkirk In what year did St Mirren leave Love Street? 2006 Name any of the players nominated for the Championship Player of the Year Stephen Dobie At which Scottish club did Archie Knox spend most of his playing career? Forfa After their win last night, what position are Partick Thistle up to? Sixth uh, Okay, what American team did Chris Boyd play for in 2012? Kansas who was the captain of Celtic in the 2003 UEFA Cup final? Paul Lambert. 
Charlie, you've heard the competition. He sounded confident. Do you think he's he's done enough to beat you? Oh, he's hammered as hell. I think so. Hammered. Probably, aye. Stage fight. I got there, big man. <laughs> Stage. <laughs> I thought he said cage fight at <laughs> first, and then I realised no, right, okay. that might be me and Helen Casanova. I like it. Okay, I think we move on from that before we start a, an international incident. Right, first one. Zach Rudden is on loan from Rangers to which Scottish club? Charlie, you got you got off to a good start. Uh, uh, Falkirk So you both get that One all 2009 was the year St Mirren left Love Street um, Actually I remember that You remember it well Mark we did Charlie yeah. Yeah. Uh, He got it wrong as well You yeah, both right. got it So it's one all Charlie It goes a wee bit downhill thereafter Aye, uh, Definitely Name any of the players Nominated mm. for the Championship Player of the Year The PFA Awards You've got Stephen Dobie Billy Lord Mackay Chandler. Lauren Shankland Or oh. Pavel Zafranco uh, I know Ryan Hardy's the Premiership I realised that oh, I just panicked You panicked Charlie <laughs> uh, At which Scottish club Did Archie Knox Spend most of his Playing career It was Forfa yeah. oh, To that, be Jim. fair Ar- Archie signed me For Dundee So I didn't know ah, like right, You know all the <laughs> stories He a bit of an advantage He's a Yesterday's in great form Is he in good great form Is he? Aye ah, brilliant form So 3-1 to Jim Duffy It then goes 4-1 Because I just told you Before the break That Partick mm-hmm. Thistle Were up to 6 I should have known It was in the questions uh, Chris Boydo Played for Portland Timbers mm-hmm. You both get that wrong don't don't make me play the mattress advert again. It was only about a week ago we played it out. Uh, and the captain of Celtic in the 2003 UEFA Cup final was not Mialbi, it was Paul Lambert, which means five to Jim Duffy and only one for Charlie. Hard lines, Charlie. Hey, hello, five, Cashmo, one mil done, Jim. <laughs> Cheers, Charlie, thank you. Right. Thanks, Charlie. Thank They're you. dancing right, in the streets yeah. of Mary Hill as we speak. Well done, Jim Duffy. Happy with that? Convincing win Professional yeah, performance I was probably due one Wasn't I? Well I'm glad you said it <laughs> Right 0141 That is the number you need To get your calls into us um, And let's discuss this Because The story in the back page Of the Daily Record today Saying Ian Maxwell The Scottish FA's Chief Executive Has essentially now been given The green light To, to go on And start trying Actively to recruit A new Scotland manager Derek McInnes Says He does want to manage Scotland At some point but he insists he is happy at Aberdeen. So listen to this and try and tell us what you think. I think it would be a real privilege uh, for any Scotsman um, to manage a country, and it would be for me. Um, and there would be part of the plan for me at some time in the future wanting to manage my country. Um, and, uh, you know, it's disappointing to say Alec lost his job and the country again having to look round for a manager, and I'm sure there will be plenty of contenders for it. Um, but it would be something that I would be interested in uh, at some point. But as I've said to you more and often enough, how happy I am here doing the job at Aberdeen. It doesn't sound like a no to me, but maybe I'm interpreting it differently. Well, well I, I would say, uh, listening to that, if the SFA want to speak to Derek McInnes, he will speak to him, providing that it's through the proper channel he's under contract to Aberdeen. I don't think there's any doubt that I think if his country came calling, because he said in the future, so the future could be tomorrow, tomorrow. Yeah. it could be five years from now. Mm-hmm. But I think what he would say is, yeah, I'll come and speak to you. He might not take it, or they might fancy somebody else if they drop a shortlist, which they should do. Um, but yeah, it sounds to me as though if you want mm. to speak to me, if you think I'm a candidate that you, you want to consider having in the job on a permanent basis, mm. I'll absolutely speak to you because he said it would be an honour and a privilege. Also as well, he is happy at Aberdeen. There is absolutely mm. no doubt about that. But he has been there for six years. Mm-hmm. And there does come a point where mm. you need to move on, Jim, mm. whether yeah. it's to your country or you just... You walk out the job and say, listen, yeah. I need a break, I need mm. something new and you wait and see what comes available or he ends up going down south. But he he's a man in demand and will continue to be in demand because do he's you, an excellent manager. Do you share that interpretation mm. yeah. from Derek McInnes' comments here? Yeah, absolutely. I think he's he's saying that he's interested. I don't think there's any doubt about that. I don't think there's even any grey areas there. I think, uh, you know, he's got to say, I mean, he's, he's saying, he's speaking the truth. I'm interested. 
But I'm happy Aberdeen. Well, yeah. that's true. It doesn't mean that you know if the the opportunity comes up to manage Scotland, he, he, he would turn it down. But I think that um, you know we've got to look at managers with a, a body of work in mind, rather than sometimes we we can almost go on you know who's flavour of the month. Aye. You know, and I, I think that, you know, we've got to be careful that we get the right guy in place this time. I mean, you know, it's, it's, it didn't work with Alec for one reason or another. Um, I think Derek's a, a top-class candidate. Um, I think he, he's maybe looking as well, he's, he can't say this, but he's maybe looking at the financial muscle that Rangers are maybe looking to, to mm. spend in the summer and thinking, right, how do I compete? Not only have I had to try and compete with a Celtic team over the last four or five years, how do I then compete with another you know, massive challenge and, and add Rangers to the mix. He didn't really have Rangers to the mix up until this season. So therefore, I think that um, he, he may he may well have thought, no, the time's mm. right for me. He's got experience, uh, he's got knowledge, he's got a body of work um, and, and I think he, I think he's got to be one of the top three candidates. Come on then, you've just heard Derek McInnes' comment. So what does it sound like to you? Is that a man that would take it now if he was offered it? Or do you read more into the I'm happy at Aberdeen part of it? Tell us 01419511025. And have you got any other suggestions? Let's have them. What, what I would say, I think it's a really interesting one for the next Scotland manager. Because, okay, you look at it from the SFA's point of view and you look at it from a manager's point of view. So... If I'm a manager, I'm looking at it and saying, right, four of the next five games, competitive games, twice Belgium, twice um, Russia. Russia. Potentially, every chance you could end up with three points out of 15. Because you're not starting now, had and you've lost to Kazakhstan, so you've lost three points that you should have on the board. And bearing in mind, to finish in second spot, Gordon, you're probably going to need 22, 23 points. Can we genuinely see Scotland getting to 22 or 23 points? I can't. Had they three points on the board against Kazakhstan, I would say yes, we've got a fighting chance. So therefore, if you imagine looking at it, I think, do I really want to go in just now? I'm not sure. Do you want to go in further down the line after October when you're giving yourself three months to basically prepare for the best chance you've got, which is winning the playoff against Finland and then one game thereafter in March? If you're the SFA, you say... Will we get the candidate we really want for those reasons? Will the guy come that we really want? Because he could be in the, at the end of a couple of hidings and all of a sudden there's pressure on him and he's only been in the job for two games. I suspect that the SFA would look at it and this makes sense to me and taking financial situation, everything into account, unless they get a Derek McInnes or a Steve Clark or a Davy Moyes or whoever it is they want to say, you know what, I'm in now and I'm coming. But if they don't, they'll take a point from within I would say Malky Mackay is a leading contender from within and say Malky it's yours and see if he does well great next point here we're in with a shout and the show's signed fine if it doesn't Malky's still an excellent performance director he can go back to it and then you, you look at seeing what's ahead or if you think there's enough that you keep Malky in charge for, for the playoffs so it's a real awkward one mm-hmm. for, for, for managers that might be interested and particularly for the SFA but whatever they do they need to get it right And I think I'll, I'll say it now Our best chance Is the playoffs in March I think it's a difficult one If you do that Because The season's then started So whoever's In management So for instance If it's Steve Clark He may well be still at commander But he, will, he, he might have went Down south Because Stevie Clark's already said He wants to go back Down south again He's made that perfectly clear So an opportunity So if that happens that, Then you that, that's gone If he goes to say Fulham He's not going to go to Fulham For a, two or three months And then say Oh wait a minute Scotland job's come up Derek McInnes another one So if the, if the season starts He might feel you know, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm in charge of Aberdeen It's difficult 
So whether it's um, Malky and Scott Gemmell's appearing, you know, Scott Gemmell being under 21s, and I, I think there's got to be some merit in, you know, uh, you know, ha- having someone who's in the system, you yeah. know, like like, uh, like uh, Matt says. Yeah, I mean, we, uh, we can't, we can't, yeah, but but he was there. He understands it, and there's, there comes a time when someone's got to be elevated. And say, well, wait a minute, this is you've you've been in there, you've learned your the role for a period of time, and whether it's alongside a Malky McKay, whether it's alongside a Davy Moyes or somebody like that, but you know, stepping up again, and so is it for me. I would say for I would be going for someone, let's say Davy Moyes or Derek McKinnis. That'd be me personally, uh, and then say right, take Scott Gamble with you. And then in three years' time, or whatever it to be, Scott, you're definitely going to be the guy. We're not searching again. If it doesn't work out with this guy, mm-hmm. you're the next guy in. So learn this job, learn the pitfalls, make sure if you believe that that's the right guy in the system. And if he's not, it shouldn't be there. So I think a Davy Moyes or a Derek McKinnon alongside a Scott Gemmell for me would be the way forward. Any surprise that they, they haven't just come out right now and said, here's your interim management team? No. No, you still think there's enough time to, to yeah, let they, this they, play they, out and try they, and get a permanent they, one? They need to explore, you know, I think, as I say, Ian Maxwell on the board will be weighing up the options. What is the best way to, to move forward? Now, they could identify a target. Now, let's say it's, it's Derek McKinsey's team. Let's say, well, I'm not sure. Or it's David Moyden. Listen, I'm not ready to commit to now, but see if I've not got a, a, a club job uh, in September. Come, come back and speak to me. And they say, well, is it worth does taking that, that Does that gamble? send out the right type of message? It's almost but, like but if you, if you think it's resort. the right guy, yeah. Or if you believe you've got somebody from within, then give it. But listen, I wouldn't be critical of the SFA. They've got to get the right man. And if that takes a wee bit longer, if that means that we go with the June double header with an interim boss, which I think we will have, and if it's Malky Mackay, I'd be 100% behind Malky and think he'd be deserving of the job or the chance, then, then so be it. Because last time, of course, we did go public with the pursuit of Michael O'Neill yeah. and it, it blew up in the face. So you, yeah. you perhaps can understand. Hayden yeah. is in Paisley. Derek McInnes, yes or no for you, Hayden? Uh, hi, guys. Um, hi, so, uh, no. Um, I mean, I think he's, he's a good manager. Um, don't get me wrong. But when you look at the Aberdeen budget compared to the rest of the teams, he's got such a higher budget. So he should have been doing well with Aberdeen. Um, I think Steve Clark could be a good shout But I, I think he's going to go down south I, I think he wants to stay in club management just now um, I think a good shout for the job Would be someone like Gus Hiddink um, Who's done really well with similar Sort of a standard nations Like Australia, South Korea um, And he's well, I, I know he's not out of work But he's the Chelsea under 23 manager So I mean surely he would Look at an opportunity like that And think it would be quite a good one I mean the yeah. budget one to, to be fair to Derek McInnes I yeah. mean he certainly doesn't have a bigger budget than Rangers no. you know who he finished above last I, season and, and knocked I, out a cup probably not that much different Hearts yeah. and Hibs and team, teams like that you know so I don't really go along the, the, the budget Hayden because I think that you know you've got to just be you know the, a guy that uh, if you're tactical astute but good man management uh, you know making sure that uh, you know you, you understand the job and the roles and responsibility and be able to handle the pressure and I think that to a certain level um, Derek McInnes is very very good at that um, but I, I agree with you to to look at other options again I mean he's talking about the, the fact is that Jürgen Klinsmann was another name that came up you know it was obviously uh, with the States and, and obviously Germany before that and you know it could be available and there, there, there are one or two you know obviously the newspaper during the week Slavin Bilic and, and kind of guys like that so there, there are candidates around and as Mark said I think it's right that we take our time and we don't just because Bertie Volks wasn't a success doesn't mean that we can't have a manager from another country I mean yeah. if if it's, a, if it's a right guy 
Then then fine But I also have to say that Scottish players Scottish culture Not just the, the players The fans Are different So sometimes you get somewhere Like comes in here And thinks I'm going to play this set of system And the fans are sitting there And saying Get it forward Move it quicker And, and they want a, You know a, a pound of sweat As well as a talent So Abilix doesn't do it yeah. for me, Gordon. Yeah. Abilix doesn't yeah. do it for me. But I'm just saying that that yeah, is another name that's been mentioned, I, man. And again, well, it's been mentioned, but I, just I, looking at different no, aspects of it. No. Hayden, um, sorry, so I was just going to say, I, I, I totally understand what you're saying about Derek McInnes again. But a lot of his success did come during the Ronnie Dyla years at Celtic when there was no real other competition. Ah, other do, do you know what, Hayden? That, that, Hayden, that see that comment that is so unfair. On Derek McInnes and his Aberdeen squad over you. It's like when people say, "Oh, Celtic, you know, but they, but they had nothing to beat." Do you know, listen, it's, and, and Jim will tell you, Jim's been in the, in the game for more than forty years. It's not easy to win a game of football. You know, just because you might have an extra, you know, five hundred quid a week to spend on, on on players as Derek might have over some clubs, it's still not easy to organise, to motivate, and to keep them going season after season. He's been at the club for six years, and just to say, ah, but he's not been up against anything. I think it's so disrespectful. You've got to have a greater degree of of understanding for what these guys need to do day in, day out. Because as Jim will tell you, and you look at the amount of managers out of work, it's not easy to survive as a manager. It is not Very easy cool. to survive as a manager, and it is Man. definitely not easy to win games of football. Sorry, um, Mark. I, I don't think I was being disrespectful at all. I think I said. I think yeah, when you say that they're not, you know, you've not been up against anything. I, I think he's not been up any, against anything. What I said was a lot of the years um, where his great success came was when years when Hearts weren't in the, um, the top flight, Hibs weren't in the top flight, Rangers weren't in the top flight. Um, I mean, I, I do think he's a good manager. Don't get me wrong. Um, and I probably would take him, but he wouldn't be my first choice. I would rather have Steve Clark or. Think outside the box. Mm-hmm. No, I think you're entitled to your opinion, Hayden. Absolutely, you know you, you know. But again, that's the that's the difficulty that um, Ian Maxwell was going to have, and the the the, the board, um, you know, the committee, um, because I don't think there's a, a, a ton of. I mean, I know they say they were inundated by applications. Well, of yeah. course you can be inundated by applications, but to be honest with you, I think ninety five percent of them could probably go in the bin, you know. And then and then you're doing a very small group financially. Can we afford mm. them? And then the right type of manager, you know, yeah. to deal with the Scottish players, and you know, and the expectations that the you know that we have for our national side. So, I, as I said, I think there's there's maybe maybe three top candidates, and I think Derek McInnes will be one of those three. John wants to talk about managers, but not necessarily for Scotland. What's on your mind tonight, John? Hi, lads. Hello, John. Uh, I would take Neil Lennon to Celtic, but. There's rumours going about Martin O'Neill might be coming back. Any any words, any news on that, lads? Mark Greedy. Martin O'Neill and Roy Keane is a partnership to Celtic. I've just heard of Martin O'Neill. Hey, oh, Martin O'Neill's manager Nottingham Forest just now. They can't make the playoffs, but he's he's signed them to the end of next season. So uh, I would be surprised if it's, if it's Martin O'Neill. I think Martin O'Neill was an absolutely brilliant Celtic manager. Um, almost 20 years ago when he took over won the treble um, you know stopped Rangers uh, domination made some great signings had plenty of money to spend but I think Martin O'Neill's a special manager do I see him being back as Celtic manager next season no I don't is that something you would like to see John or is that a is that is that an emotional idea coming from Celtic fans who, who think oh, about his previous success there's two or three names getting banned about besides Neil and uh, 
Pantaneel would definitely please me. Jim Duffy? He lifted the, he lifted the up with a 6-2 victory at Celtic Park against Rangers and we never looked back for three seasons. Well, I did look back, <laughs> you know, lost, lost the league in the last day of the season. But uh, I think that there's that, that Matt Manil was a fantastic man and a fantastic manager. There's no doubt about that. He's got charisma, Martin, you know, he's got that personality. He's effervescent, isn't he? You know, he, he exudes that, you know, kind of enthusiasm that I think everyone kind of, you know, loves to hear. And and I think, as I say, by and large, a very successful Celtic manager, obviously taking them to the UEFA uh, Cup final. So understand that 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 warmth that is there. I just don't think it's going to happen, uh, John. I think that uh, yeah, I mean, you can never say never. Of course, I mean, I think the fact that he's got another year to go isn't really a big bearing on it. But I just think Celtic, if it's not Neil Lennon, I, I obviously not not sure who it's going to be. But uh, listen, that is a huge job. And unlike the Scotland job, I think there will be mm. a lot of top candidates out there knocking on that door. Okay, thanks to John in Coatbridge. Get the trainers out, the sweatbands on, because Clyde One is supporting the men's 10k Glasgow, taking place this Father's Day, Sunday the 16th of June. It's a fantastic route. You can take in the sights as you start at the Riverside Museum, finish at George Square. You'll probably need to stop for a breath along the way, unless you're an elite athlete like these two in the studio. <laughs> um, but for the chance to win your free entry and a VIP package, including a £100 run for it voucher, go to Clyde1.com The full time teaser is next Clyde One Super Scoreboard With Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors Great results for Scottish accident and injury victims For 40 years Mark Guidi and Jim Duffy are here It's time for them to tackle tonight's full time teaser That's when you send the questions to us And we give the guys from Round about now until the end of the show To see if they can come up with the answers Now Robert Park sent tonight's in he sent it over to fulltime at clyde1.com. So that's where you need to send the questions in if you've got any. I don't know what his inspiration was for this one. This is outside the box. No, I don't I think we've had any like this before. Yep. Now, usual rules apply. If you've got a problem with the question, blame Robert, not me. <laughs> Nine Scots have been caretaker managers of English Premier League clubs for spells during which they did not win a game. Oh. So nine Scots have been caretaker managers of English Premier League clubs for spells during which they didn't win a game. Now it goes without saying it might only have been one game, uh-huh. but they didn't win it. But but could that mean that they they could have gone to be named the permanent manager, even though they've no won a game? Um, I, no, I don't was, think right, so. Was, I'll, I'll give you I'll give you one. I think right off the top of my head, Eric Black, Aston Villa. I'll give you it, but you've actually got the wrong club. He's done it twice Southampton <laughs> Keep going no. Birmingham <laughs> Birmingham and Sunderland Was it Dougie right. Friedman one? No Palace So you've got one of the nine uh, Stevie Keane? No That is a, a random it's question It's very random isn't it? I quite like, like it on like here Only one. nine answers like as well that. So you can help us out on Twitter at Clyde SSB Nine Scots have been caretaker managers Of English Premier League clubs for spells During which they did not win John a game Collins? No Alright we'll leave oh, it there Sandy Stewart No still not We'll leave it there You've got Eric Black Another eight to go 01419511025 If you want to have your say on the line We're going to hear from Lauren Shankland One of the nominations For PFA Scotland's Championship Player of the Year um, Says even promotion might not be enough to keep him at Air United I wonder if you would take him at your team Whatever that may be uh, Let's speak to Craig first of all Oh, Hi Craig Hi Gordon, hi panel Hello um, you know, I just 
you know, when you were top the Scotland job and the you know Derek McInnes and that, you know, I've heard over the you know since McLeish has been sacked, there's been a few names bandied about on it. Um, initially, I was a fan of Steve Clark. I thought, I you know he could get a job, but frankly, um, his behaviour at the weekend, his comments, personal comments about Steve McLean and Saturday, uh, you know, put me right off him because too many times this season I've heard him completely abdicate any responsibility for his team getting beat or maybe putting in a poor shift or being ill disciplined and getting sent off and just, you know, once a tirade on referees and the rest of it and I don't want a manager in the dugout of Scotland who who's going to do that um, because I just don't think it's healthy for the team. You know, we need somebody that will accept that responsibility. Um, you know, Derek McInnes as well, his attitude's wrong for me. You know, he says, oh, I want the job at some point. Does he honestly think that the Scotland job's going to wait for him? You know, it might be a case that if he doesn't take it now, he'll never get it. So, you know, that's not a decision that he can make, um, which is why, personally, I think that Slavin Bilic should be the man for the job because you've got a guy there who's said he'd be interested in, in, in the, you know, having talks with the SFA. He's proven at an international level, which I think is important because neither Clark or McInnes um, or a lot of the other names that have been banded about, oh, he is, you know, he's done a wonderful job with Croatia, um, done a good job at West Ham. Some might say it was quite harsh when he gets sacked for there. So, you know, I think you've got a guy in Billich who's a really good manager. And if I was the SFA, he would be my number one pick for the job. Um, I think I'm going to throw the boys think about that. Mark, you you said no earlier on. What, what is it that, that puts you off him, Slavin Billich? Slavin Billich, I think he's a good manager, there's no doubt. And, and, and I agree with Craig in terms of international level. But I think with Slavin Billich, I suspect at the drop of a hat, he would be away. One good result mm. could put him right in the radar and he's away down the road or he's away abroad. I think you need to have somebody that's got an understanding of the Scottish game that is going to be committed, hopefully, for the the next 12 months to 14 months in terms of if we get the Euros. You need to know that somebody is in it because their goal, their only achievement that they want in the next 12 months is to get a Euro 2020, mm. whether it's through the section or through the qualifier. Do those people exist though? I mean, cause I'm even yeah, just going back to Alex McLeish's first spell in charge, you know, it, it happens, an offer comes along and, no, and I, you take it for well, your own Well, that's career. why I'd probably say, I, I think at this moment in time, I would give it to a Scotsman because they get, and I know this maybe sounds fanciful, but they get in their heart what it would be about to beat Euro 2020 with Scotland. That has to be the aim. So I don't think if you're going to get there that if, let's say, the three Scots that we've mentioned tonight in no particular order, Steve Clark, David Moyes, Derek McInnes, if any of the three of them were put in charge, they're there to see through the next 12 months. They're not going to jump ship. Absolutely would not jump ship. Whereas I think if you put a non-Scot in, there is... There'd be a temptation that they would, that they would just go. But like I said to, to Mark, you know we've, we have had Scots who've who've, mm. who've taken the decision to, yeah. to leave the job before. But I, I, sorry, Gordon, Alec left at the end of a campaign yeah, and okay. didn't qualify. Fair yeah. enough. No, I mean I think it, I mean Craig. I mean I, I mentioned Slavin Bilic earlier on. I, I think that um, it's part of the interview process. You've got to put in, you know, those type those type of um, you know that type of information. So if you're interviewing someone, Slavin Bilic, Derek McInnes, Stevie Clark, whoever it happens to be, you, you've got to say, listen. You're in this role here for the next two years, unless results don't go because that's happened to football. But don't be coming to us in a year's time and saying, "Well, listen, you know, Fulham want us, you know, so I'm leaving now." Mm-hmm. You know, because you, you then just put in a hefty and a real hefty compensation Compl- package, yeah. which means that whoever's there 
more than compensated. So you you know you put in a you know like people say that they you know, a clause a transfer clause. You give in ten million pounds. You know what I mean? Just whatever. So whoever takes the job knows exactly. Listen, I'm here for the duration. I'm here mm. for the campaign or campaigns. And I think that I don't I don't think there's anything the matter with that. You know, you if if the the job is that important. We can't just take someone who's filling a role until a better job comes up. What what's the relationship like between you know manager and board? And I know this is slightly different because it's international. I'm not I'm not picking sides or saying who's right or who's wrong. But is it difficult to request to request that sort of loyalty from a manager when you would be willing to bin him after two games of a qualification yeah, campaign yeah, but, if it goes wrong? But I understand. But that that is what all managers are like. You know what I mean? And, and if you're down south, as I said. Um, on your contract, you ha- you have a you know you have a termination clause. That's in the contract, yes. and it's paid within a pe- a very very short period of time. So managers know that they may well have a three and four year contract, but ultimately they understand that that circum- the circumstances is results based, you know, performance based. Some some clubs, but when it's an international manager, particularly for Scotland, it's a, you know it's what you think is achievable. So if the board. Committee, quality you like, Ian Maxwell think we should be qualifying for the European Championship. Then that has to be the remit. And if the guy doesn't achieve that, then mm. he knows that. That thanks very much. This is what you get when you leave. All the best to you. But he cannot then just pick and choose when to go. And I, I don't see there's any issue with putting in a clause. Um, you know, as I said, a termination called the opposite side saying, "Listen, this is what it's good." When you go for the interview. You're told yeah, That's fine it's, it's Except the job Except the job yeah. Under those terms Craig you want to come back in Yeah well I think Listen um, uh, I kind of agree And disagree in some ways With guys saying You know the three Scotsmen That have been mentioned so far You know Clark McInnes and, and Moyes Frankly None of them Fill me up with With excitement Or make me feel like You know we're going to go Forward And like I say I wouldn't be I, you know, against McInnes, I would certainly prefer him to Moyes or Clark. Um, and like I say, you know, I, I, where Clark's concerned, I don't understand why people, you know, I could, I, I could see he's done a good job with Kilmarnock. I'd never take that away from him. But can you honest? Can any of the two of the, the boys in the panel like, honestly tell me that you want a manager in charge of Scotland, in charge of the national team, who is liable if we put in a poor shift to come out? And blame everybody but the team. He's done it so many times. He's done it when Rangers beat Kamalik 5 1 at Ibrox and his team were awful. And I had uh, Mark Reedy um, actually come on the night after that game and Mark Reedy was on and he was saying the same thing that, that Stevie Clark just was not taking any kind of real responsibility for how poor his team had played on that day. And it was all about the referee and it was all about this and it was all. That's why I don't want a guy like Stevie Clark in because it's too, there's too much theatrics. With Stevie Clark, he wants to grab the headlines and he wants to deflect these teams' poor performances. Okay, okay. what well, says you're, 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 what you're doing is you're, you're focusing on the negatives of Stevie Clark. Now I don't know which team you support or how many times you've watched Commander live. I've watched him a number of times since Stevie Clark has been in charge. And not only did did they get good results, he was manager of the year last year. Every chance we manager of the year this year as well. They play really entertaining football. Craig, and, and when you look with the greatest respect to some of the players that he has at his disposal and how he gets them to play, like, he's, you know, the four centre-halves that he's got at the club, the way he manages to find partnerships and how they get clean sheets. The boy Greg Taylor at left-back, terrific left-back. Stephen O'Donnell's end up playing for Scotland. Power, Dicker, Malumbo, McKenzie, getting a new lease of life out of Chris Boy last year. Young Eamon Brophy. You could go on and on. Jordan Jones becoming that good that Rangers have ended up signing him. Chris Butt, new lease of life for Chris Butt. So there's actually... 
much more, many more positives than negatives. Uh, and yes, he's made one or two headlines once or twice. He's probably overstepped the mark. But over the piece, what you've got to assess the Scotland managerial mm-hmm. candidate is, does he have the qualities to try and get us over the line? And I think Steve Clark possesses him. Craig said earlier on in his call that essentially Stevie Clark's comments at the weekend Put put Craig off Put Craig off The idea yeah. of Stevie Clark where, I mean they were strong comments yeah. Were they enough to sour A relationship with the Scottish Sheffy I mean I know Steve McLean is obviously A Scottish Sheffy ref And so on Does does that filter through To a, a process To one, hire a one manager or two, One or two people Might be human nature I think as Craig said He can put, can put you off people We've all done that You know you hear people Saying something to telling So he gets in my nerves I can't go him Or whatever happens to me That's just human nature uh, But what Matt says If you can squeeze Every last bit of effort Out of You know A group of Less Talented players Than You know for Other teams uh, And get the maximum Out of them Then that's got to be mm-hmm. Give you You know A consideration Of being a very good manager And he's As I said Last year um, You know The points tally This year I think there's only there's One other point I think there'll be more Than yeah. last year um, You know So For a team like Commander Who were fighting Relegation you know, you know, and and to be, you know, a, a top six side comfortably, you know, on the two years that he's been there, then I think that says that he is a good manager. But I get Craig's point because I think it's just human nature when you see people. Like, but listen, there's been an awful lot of managers over the year when they've had bad results, have deflected it quite quite well. You know, the first thing you do is blame a referee, blame a decision, blame something else because it means that it takes away from his team's performance. Mm. That I think that's relatively common. Big thank you to Craig Some good points Well made We are looking for Nine Scots Who have been caretaker managers Of English Premier League clubs For spells During which They did not Win A game So Eric Black Was in caretaker At Birmingham One game Didn't win it Same at Sunderland One game Didn't win it Who else have you got Peter Grant Nope Dalton Ferguson Nope Brian McClare Nope Stuart McCall Yes Bradford City Two games In after, caretaker after the... charge Yep. And right. didn't win any of them. Right, okay. Some might have been joint caretaker, by the yeah. way, but don't worry about that. Uh, Stevie Clark? Yes. Can you remember the club? Newcastle. Oh, Newcastle. It was Newcastle. One game he was in charge and he didn't win it. Okay. okay. Am I considering for the Scotland uh, job? Throw another one in. Alan Irvin? No. All right, that's a good start. You've got Eric Black, Stevie Clark, Stuart McCall. So you've got six to get. Um, not only. Apparently, are we considering him for the Scotland job? Because Kenneth has another idea. Hi, Kenneth. Yeah, hi, panel. How you doing? Not too bad at all. Um, What's your point? Yeah, um, I believe all the chatter about Stevie Clark, uh, potential interest from down south, from going down south, I think he is in a very strong position for the Celtic role um, at Celtic Football Club. Um, Purely on the basis of his management skill, what he's done at Commander Football Club. He's not an international manager. He's very much a club manager. And he's got the, the gravitas to take on that role and uh, move on with it. And uh, I believe that if he was to do that, that Kilmarnock may be interested in Gary Hope at Livingston. Well, I can certainly yeah. see that connection He's got a big Kelly mm-hmm. tattoo Doesn't he Gary yeah. Holt So you can see where that's coming from Stevie Clark for mm-hmm. Celtic it's Yeah I mean again It's another one I think That, that would definitely uh, be, be considered uh, Another option I said because of his record You know and what he's done And not just his record At Commander You know I was saying before I think he took was it, was it, West Brom to 7th Seventh or 8th yeah. Or something like that The highest ever uh, So as, as we just mentioned there Teams like Newcastle Chelsea Working under Mourinho you know, He's got a fantastic 
but, you know, body of work and the experience at all different levels and working with top clubs, top players and now doing it with, with Kilmarnock. So, no, absolutely, I think he's got to be considered um, as far as a, a, another option for Kilmarnock be concerned. I do think that Kilmarnock will have to be looking at options because I think whether it's Celtic, Scotland, Fulham, or Stevie mm-hmm. Clark will move. I think he'll probably move in the summer. Those comments he made about his dislike, if you will, of the... The Glasgow footballing landscape at the moment After the game at Ibrox I don't really want to get into another yeah. debate About why that was specifically But uh-huh. he, he said it If you assume he means it w- Would that be the type of thing That would stop him taking another job up here? Genuinely Is it all about getting back specifically to Specifically the Celtic job? Yeah um, Would it stop him? I think he would certainly have a conversation with Celtic If Celtic put him on their, their, their shortlist If there is to be a shortlist Would that mean he would take I, I don't know But I think if he Well if you ask me if he was offered the Celtic job, would he take it? Yeah, I think he probably would, yeah. Uh, Kenneth, now you're a Celtic fan, but you're also from Kilmarnock. Are you going to get hounded out of the town for suggesting that yeah, the, the manager goes and takes the Celtic job? Uh, possibly So I'll play no more on the matter Good stuff Thank you Kenneth we don't have your second name anyway So I think you're safe Might not even be your real name uh, Joe is on Twitter Just listening to the caller Who doesn't like Stevie Clark Does he think that Clark Would have taken Scotland to Kazakhstan And come back with a 3-0 defeat? I don't He's had Kelly playing out of their skin And if he can do that for Scotland Then great Any more on the teaser? You've got Stevie Clark Stuart McCall Eric Black Hey. Who else? No, I, I thought one was going to throw. I let a left field and not Man United. I'm going. To, um, Archie Knox. Yes. Blackburn Rovers when Paul Inslet. No, Bolton Wanderers. Bolton Wanderers. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Okay. He also played a European game. Right. Okay. That's another one. Archie. That's four of nine. Will we leave it there? Give you some thinking time. Right, you can give me all night. I'll not be getting any. That's for sure. Uh, okay. Matt, Matt's oh, great oh, oh. working well. Yeah, I think I've got. I think I've got another one. Go one more then. Um, Stuart Houston, Arsenal. No, no, man. Right, okay. All right, we're going to hear from Lauren Shanklin next. Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors. Compensation. They know the score. Talk to Thompson's.com. Full time at Clyde1.com. That's the address you need to send the questions in that we then give to the pundits and try and basically drive them nuts in the second hour of the show. And succeed. So, yeah, well, Robert Park has succeeded tonight. He has asked for nine Scots who've been the caretaker managers of English Premier League clubs for spells during which they did not win a game. Guys like Eric Black, Stevie Clark, Archie Knox, Stuart McCall. You've got four so far. Right, I'll throw another one. Joe Jordan. Yes. Portsmouth. Portsmouth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, we, we scratched our heads and we thought Ipswich, um, the great John Wark. John Wark, yes, two games, one none. I think he was in joint caretaker charge, but it still counts, John Wark. But I'm struggling after that. So, does that mean three to go? Mm, yeah, three to go. We maybe need a clue or two. Yeah, they're, yeah, they're tough. I'm are not going to lie. Yeah. <laughs> they're really tough. Yeah, these are tougher. <laughs> Have they played up here? <laughs> Have they played in Scotland? The managing sports in Scotland? <laughs> He's too young to remember that far back I don't Think so actually Well there's one in particular Hasn't We're going We're going back a bit I'll give you one of the clubs then Okay Sunderland Robbie Stockdale N- Well no But he was He was joint caretaker with him Billy McKinley Yes Billy, Billy McKinley Badger Right Billy McKinley. Right two to go We've got a bit of time uh, Let's hear from One of the 
Player of the Year nominations in the Championship The PFA Scotland announced the shortlist today Lauren Shankland is one of them And he says even Premiership football might not be enough to keep him at Air United They do still have a chance of promotion through the playoffs um, But he says he'd have a decision to go eat A decision to make I should say Even if they do go up it would obviously be, be tempting, I mean, because if you got two promotions in a row, it would be great to stay, but you need to look at the bigger picture and look after yourself sometimes as well, so that's something I'll look at if it happens, and fingers crossed it does. I had a few phone calls at me now and then, it's always the same, you get all sorts of people phoning you, asking you what's happening here and there, and it's something you just need to kind of put to the back of your mind and try and concentrate on your football, and for me the now, it's just try to get back fit. Um... Will he have interest from the Scottish Premiership? Will he have Lons. an interest from the Scottish Premiership? Jim is a guy you know well. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think he's, he's he's going to try anybody that scores that amount of goals, not just this season, but last season as well. And um, you know, pivotal in the promotion and getting um, you know Air United into the playoffs. So he's going to try. Well, I know he has attracted interest. Mm-hmm. He's, he he mentions he was. I think he's been diplomatic to say. He said a couple of calls. Mm. There, there are offers on the table for Lawrence. There's absolutely no doubt about that. Jim's he good enough for Rangers for for, for, a, for a squad player and a free transfer. He's a Rangers boy. Oh, he's a big Rangers fan. He would yeah. love to be at Rangers. But is, is it, can you see Rangers saying, you know what? Yeah. Why not? Yeah. Why not uh, bring him in and work with yeah, him and, and learn for Jim and Defoe and things like that? Yeah, you know? I think I think because he's a natural finisher. Uh, you know, uh, I think again the difficulty sometimes supporters go to their clubs and it becomes too much for them because uh-huh. you know they're supporters and they, and they, and they forget you know that they've got to be professional footballers. But uh, yeah, but they've obviously, as I said before, likes a, a Ryan Hardy and that there. So sometimes, you know, again, as a as a squad player, does he want to be? He probably would if it really just came common, of course he would. But I think that um, he will definitely have, well, he definitely has options on the table. And it's all about his career movie. He just said there, without without giving too much away, I think uh, he said in, you know, in there that, uh, you know, sometimes you've got to look after yourself. Yeah, and that, that is a football. Yeah. I mean, with all due respect, he's probably earning a few hundred quid a week at, um, at uh, United, whereas he could probably well, easily five times his money if he went to... You know the last level of English football, the last mm. tier. So no, nah, he's he's got he's got a move to make, a decision to make, and um, I think I think he'll, he'll definitely move on in the summer. We'll find out the Premiership nominees soon. Stephen Doby, Billy McKay, and Pavel Safranco joining them. Well seen. It's the goal. The goal scorers, the goal scorers always scorers. get they always yeah. get the credit, don't they? Yeah. Um, who, who's going to win Safranco. that? Who's going to win I, it? I, I, I don't. Um, Doby, Shanklin, oh, Safranco, Billy McKay, all good players. Four good players. I do like Safranco, there's something about him, but I, I would imagine it would be Doby or Shankland. And me without seeing a lot of the, the, the championship, but I do remember being at the the, the, the League Cup game earlier in the season when Shankland scored a stormer for Air United against Patrick. That's who set the tone for the season. Oh, it was a belter. Well. I, I, I would go long Shankland. I would be going Doby because I think Doby's the most talented player in the division. You know, when he's fit and you know, not just a goal scorer. Uh, his, his ability, his awareness, his balance, his creativity, his football brain. To mm-hmm. me, he's the best player. Last year as well, I thought he was the best player. And I think he's the best player this year. You've got a nomination for one yep. of your players in League One, Dom Thomas. He's on loan yep. from Kilmarnock. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm assuming you'll think it's deserved, but is it also nice to see someone from, uh, you know, not one of the teams that isn't right yeah. at the top of the division? That's testament to him, I suppose. Yeah, well, you look at other players, you know, that that are in uh, in the running, and quite rightfully so. You know, whether it's Bobby Lynn, who are the champions, and you know, uh, you know, obviously Braith Rovers with Kevin Nisbet and stuff like that. So you've got. Dom in there and I think they'll deserve again as I mentioned like Doby not just a goal scorer you know fantastic entertainer great ability so um, Dom, Dom, 
<laughs> well, you know Don better than me, but the little I know of Don Tom, if he did win it, his speech could be something else, could oh, it yeah. not? <laughs> yeah, well, he's certainly not shy in retiring, so that'll be good. But, uh, you know, he's, he's a fantastic talent, and, uh, you know, he's on loan, as I said, from Kilmarnock. And, uh, could he go back you know, up and do a job in the Premiership based on what you've seen at Dumbarton? Absolutely for me. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. he's got, I mean, anybody that's got natural ability and pace mm-hmm. has always got a chance. Let's speak to Chris in Irvine. Hi, Chris. Alright, how are you staying? Good, I thank hope you. you're having a good evening. Thanks, uh, it was sad, a sad day for Scottish football yesterday. And, um, everybody, all the tweets and all that was really nice. Everything coming in just shows you how much um, people can actually put in and put, put their differences aside. Yeah. So that, that was really nice. Exactly. But, um, on, 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 the, on the Scotland front, um, I think Derek McInnes would be a good shout. I think Steve Clark would be a good shout. And then, on a lower note, Jim Duffy even was on the show. You've right, not really had much of a budget today, <laughs> where like that. So you could, you could, you know what it's like to get in with a group of players and get them gone, or even like John Hughes or somebody like that. Just does, do we really need a big massive name? A PE teacher got us to the World Cup at one point. Mm-hmm. And they don't yeah, you know what I mean. Right. I, I, I think I seriously think we just need something. Like, I mean, even Stuart McCall done amazing with Motherwell when Ronnie Daly was in. They're not looking far enough. For, for the managers I think we need to go With maybe a low key name Known any of these big That that man at West Ham Had Robert Snodgrass And didn't know how to get him in his team And he was scoring lots of goals And they cost about 12 million So I, d- I don't think that's the, the right route But So that's Billich that Chris is referring to yeah. uh, uh, Aye Aye Sorry I just don't know if I pronounce his name Rang on the radio <laughs> that, <laughs> We've got your back on that one Chris uh, yeah. Listen it's, it's an interesting point And People are going throwing you know Scott Gemmell's name in, and yeah. it perhaps is a bit lazy. Perhaps it's you can't just assume because Gareth Southgate did it, the Scott yeah. Gemmell did. It. And I know no coaching experience at the top level, no managing experience. Sorry, absolutely understand why that would put some people off. But maybe we maybe it does need to be something a bit different. Yeah, I mean, again, as I said before, like Chris is is, is just kind of opening it up a little bit and saying, like you know. You know, we don't need to have a very small box, you know, and just look at, you know, these are the only candidates. Can we open it up? Can we look at different... As I've said before, guys with a body of work and, you know, look at them and say, right, you know, what are their skills? What are they... I mean, as Matt mentioned earlier on about Stevie Clark and or Dan McInnes, what are, the, what are the skills that are required? And if someone else can, can give you those skills who is not maybe mm-hmm. a household name or is not managed at the very top level, then should they be considered... Possibly Will they be considered? No Okay thank you to Chris and Irvin We're going to have to round it off Chris I'm afraid Because that's us running out of time But thanks for the call We're looking for nine Scots Who've been caretaker managers For English Premier League clubs During spells Which they did not win a game So guys like Eric Black Stevie Clark, Joe Jordan Archie Knox Stuart McCall Billy McKinley John Wark You've got two to get Need clues Gordon Yeah they're tough They're really tough I must admit So First one played up here for Wraith Went down south and managed the likes of Portsmouth and Cardiff That's about all I can give you, I'm going to be honest Played for Wraith We're going back a good bit And then he managed, like I say, Portsmouth, Cardiff They were the main clubs Will we do the Hugh Keevans initials clue? FB And the English club in question is West Brom Frank Burrows? Yes, Frank Burrows Well done And the last one The... Club in question down the road is Derby He played for Hibs up here in the 70s Hasn't ever managed up here though Initials time again isn't it 
Well, it's the same as it's the same as Billy McKinley. It's pretty similar. Billy Mc. No, it's a tough one. Billy McEwen. No, yeah, really tough. Sorry, got, Billy, well done. Good question. Got the rest question, though. Well done to you. Thank you, Mark and Jim. Thanks for all your calls and tweets. We're back tomorrow night at six o'clock with Gordon DL and Mark Wilson. Um, but stay where you are because Callum Gallagher's up next. And if you fancy going to transmit this year, he's got your chance to be there as a VIP, no less. So stay tuned for that. Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors, a team that gets results every week. Talk to Thompson's.com.